Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, TC, and welcome to part 32 of our weekly podcast of Pulling View with the old Hills brother, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things? Well, not too bad. A couple of bad results for us, but uh, other than that, it's uh, not too bad at all. The wheels got on a your wagon. Got yes. a new phone. Sounded so, great. So I can hear you and you can hear me. We're not, it's not going to go off and go wonky on us anymore. Well, that makes a difference when we're doing a radio podcast together that we can hear each other. <laughs> and the wheels on your promotion bandwagon really have come off. I hope they get put back on because I do like Gary Monk. And, uh, be, you know, between people, friends and uh, acquaintances and, and doing this podcast with UTC, I do keep an eye on Sheffield Wednesday and I really hope that Sheffield Wednesday do well. Our football forecast later on in the show, we're going to be talking about it because your team are playing my team uh, this weekend. But first, we're going to start, as always, with our magic moments. What have you sourced for us this week, TC? Well, there's, there's, uh, I've got three things this week. Good. Uh, in third place is I put the I put the uh, video clip up with the boy missing the goal. <laughs> but it, I mean, <laughs> we've all missed him. Listen, I've I've done the same thing. I've once hit the crossbar, bounced down, and I've uh, instead of heading into empty empty goal, I've headed it over. So we all want the the ground to open up and swallow us. So you know, but it, it's not that bit. But it was the skill of the player. I, I, I could, obviously, on the, on the video clips I've got, it, there's no commentary, so I can't get the boy's name. Mm. Uh, but he sold the guy a right dummy, you know, uh, and he, he played the ball led square right over for the for the player to to just to put empty net. You know, it's in, when the more, the more I look at it, you know, I, I do laugh at it, and I don't need to laugh at it to to laugh at the player who's missed it. You just can't believe that you know you could miss it. Yeah, you know. Uh, the second one is the um, Allison uh, throw. Great pass from uh, Allison to uh, Firmino. Yeah. Played a great ball through. He's looking round. You know, that's a footballer using his brain. You know, the composure, having a look. You know, what's the best option? So it's a great throw from the goalkeeper. Uh, but the 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 one uh, I like most is Anson at Grimsby. Not the quickest player, yeah. but uh, it's a great ball over. He's opened his legs up a little bit, and the goalkeeper's pushed him into an angle, but it looks right, really uh, an impossible angle to get it in. And he's finished up clipping it over the over the goalkeeper. So for me, that's that's my uh, main uh, piece of magic this week. Uh, Anson of uh, Grimsby. And Grimsby really are showing some form, aren't they, now with uh, with Ollie in charge. They're on a decent run. And um, 
playing decent football. I've watched a few YouTube clips of them and some of the football that they've been playing, the passing and moving, has been absolutely fantastic. And as you've always alluded to, it doesn't matter what level of football that you play at, you can always play good football. Just coach them players. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. When you go on these coaching courses, you go on to learn how to coach. Yeah. The problem with, with, with a lot of coaches, look, I, I do not want to have a good our English coach, but all I say about them, it's their own fault. They can't blame anybody else, yeah. but then once they've got the coaching badges, it's up to them to coach. And when I say it's up to them to coach how they want to coach, what I mean, if, you, if, you've, if you're in charge of the, uh, the team itself, a coach going to coaching to academy, he will be told what to do, how to, uh, what type of uh, sessions have been put on and, and they've got to uh, follow on with it. Yeah. But at, at any level of football, at any level of football, and I look at Ollie uh, at Grimsby and like you, I don't get to too many matches because obviously I'm an hour away from it. Uh, I go and watch Jock play when I can. Well, I don't know when I can. I always go and watch Jock play, but he's out. He's out injured at this moment in time. He'll not be back until April. So the football that he's got them playing is brilliant, yeah. and I mean brilliant. And I was watching a couple of clips of, of Barrow, yes, uh, Barrow Town, and yes, in that football. Uh, you know, it, 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 you hear Manny, and, and the manager uh, Ian Everett, who. who really complimented uh, Ian Holloway, really, yeah. because he said when he came to Blackpool, he was a breath of fresh, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, he opened his eyes up about coaching. Uh, and so if you coach these players at any level, and I know it can be done because when I was at Doncaster, uh, I was teaching the kids from 9 to 13, 12, whatever they were, 13s, same group I took always to that. To that level, 13, 14, something like 14s, I think. Yeah. And I think we we lost about four or five matches in the in the four seasons. And it's not about winning; it's yeah. about coaching. And we worked on the seven, six, seven seconds of winning the ball back. Yeah. You know, players uh, playing one and two touch. You know, when it's on, in and around the box, uh, being composed on the ball, so you can do it. And we did at Doncaster. We didn't get we. You don't get the best players because you limit. Even even Liverpool's and they got and the Man United's. And the Everton's uh, Leeds United pinch all the best players yep. around this area. Make no mistake on it. And then Leeds United get the next lot. And then you, your Wednesdays and United's get the rest. And then Barnsley, and then you, you know, you've got little Rotherham, Chesterfield, and, and, and Doncaster get all the scraps. You know, so it's down to the coaches to coach, and you can coach them. And there's a big difference. And I'm not going to go with Michael Jolly, I'm not going to go with anyone. There's a big difference how Grimsby are playing football now. You can see the confidence in them. You can see the happiness in them. You can see uh, the players, what's on the pitch. They're not pounding when they're going uh, to, to close a man down or to chase a ball. They're just gliding off it, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can see the happiness in them, in the face, and they enjoying the. the they must be enjoying the coaching. They must be enjoying how they want to, what he's wanting to play. Uh, and you can see that sometimes he'll give them rollickings for, for it for it in too many long balls. Mm. But, you know, at times you can do it a, a long ball. I get that. But it's it's getting the ball down, improving the players uh, and getting something uh, out of it. And you will get results when you look at Grimsby now. They're giving four and a half, four or five thousand. And when it's only a small ground because it's, I think it's, Capacity now is nine thousand. Yeah. You know, uh, because they're all seater, 
but it looks like they're going to have a new stadium. It's it's a good football in town, Grimsby. I've played I've, I've played there end of my career, but I played there at Sheffield Wednesday and Uddersfield, and they have, they do pull in eighteen, nineteen thousand people mm. at uh, Blundell Park. So potentials there, and uh, Ollie's got the appetite back for it. I'm not saying he lost it, but it looks as though he's got the appetite back for it, and he's got Grimsby playing some good stuff. I think also as well, it's not just having that appetite, but having that platform as well. And and quite clearly, we've spoken about this before. Ollie feels loved at Grimsby. It's his club. He's invested in it as well. Yes. So yes. You, you know he's he's put down those foundations. He's he's got an environment where the players appear to be buying into it. They're playing with a smile on the face. They're playing with a bit of a swagger as well. I can only see real, real green shoots at Grimsby and hopefully he can take them back because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Grimsby were, what was it, second division? or Yeah, you know, second mean, division. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know, the Mariners, the famous Mariners, you know, and, and years and years gone by, they, they used to give um, a load of fish, didn't they, to the visit? Visitors until that was visitors, yeah. Yeah, construed as a bit of a bribe and, and he had to stop, <laughs> but that's what they used to do. So good luck, Ollie, and good luck to the mighty Mariners. And True. he's doing everything right, Ollie is. Two managers, what managed there when I were playing there was Alan Buckley and uh, George Kerr. Yeah. Both played good football. Yep. Both got great results for, 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 for Grimsby Town. And you see, the, the, the chairman there, the owner there, um, Fennerty, John yep. Fennerty, you know, people moaning, voice moaned and groaned about him. Mm. I understand him in one sense, but you've only got to look at Brewery of this yeah. world. They, you know, they've gone now. Will they come back? We don't know. But what Mr. Fenty's always done is kept it in, 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 in on a right foundation yep. for the club always to be there forever and a day more. And now, he, and now he's got Ollie. And I mean. That's that's where chairmen's gave it wrong and owners gave it wrong. He's giving the right manager in. Correct. Yes, all he's bought bought into it. I know he's bought into it. Yep. But it sounds of it, it, I think he tried to get him once before before he went to Blackpool, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he chose Blackpool. And then now he they've sat down or had a phone call or met up, and I think they've got on, uh, and he's got his man and. and Ollie's wanted to come to Grimsby. It's, it's, like you've said, he's invested into it. And it looks a different club altogether. It looks a different club altogether. Superb. Another club on the up is my uh, third place in my um, magic moments this week. At Coventry, another great away win oh. at South End, 2 0. And Callum O'Hare's goal. I mean, he's got the ball. Probably, I mean, it did say 60 yards out, but it wasn't. It, it, it was a good 40 yards. And again, a player like Grealish, and on loan from Brilliant. Aston Villa, gets the ball, collects it. First thing, let's play forward. Let's run with the yeah. ball. Let's travel. Let's get me team for First thought, exactly. you're right. First exactly. thought, go forward. Yeah. And that's what good players do, don't they? They get that time, that space, that composure, and their thought is playing the ball forward, playing the forward. How can we probe? How can we make something happen? And how can we score goals? And I love that in football players. Well, when, when you when you look when you look at what Comte are doing yeah. uh, and on all the disadvantages that they've got yeah. at this moment in time, no ground, mm-hmm. uh, still having problems with. Uh, off the field uh, incidents because of having no ground, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. But when you, when you were saying, I mean, I was going to pick that goal myself and, and, I, and I said to myself, because the great things, what you put up, the clips that you put up, yeah. but then, you know, 
we're both going down the same route, and that, like my two kids, don't do you agree on everything you do, you two? <laughs> so I, I have gone and looked on. Well, not I've looked. I always watch football, but I've gone a different route to, to you. But going back to what you're saying about the boy at Coventry, again, look at the Allison one. Look how he's looking. Look, look how he's thinking about. You know, what can I do? How can I set a, a counter attack up? Because it's about playing the ball forward, exactly, and not and not just playing it forward for sake of playing it forward. Sometimes I get that, right? But in general, you've got to be playing between the lines yeah. and trying to put two, three, four players out out of position, yeah. or someone running with the ball. But his teammates being aware that if he if he loses it, we're there to back you up yeah. and not to 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 get onto him or. You know, not the confidence out of him not to run with the ball because it's those type of things what's going to win football matches. Absolutely. Um, again, you're looking at stuff like that and restarts. There's a wonderful goal that I keep posting up from Alan Hudson when he scored against Manchester City for Stoke. And that Oddie took the ball. The ball's come to him and he's just whacked it with his shoulder. But, you know, he's looking around. He's looking at the picture. He's took the throw and he's had it back. In fact, I looked at um, Johan Cruyff, uh, his, his Facebook page, and Johan said, I, I took the throw-ins because I was there for unmarked. I was the only player on the pitch unmarked. I'm going to ask Goody if that's why you took that throw in. Because as soon as you take that throw in, the players are marked. You get the ball back. You're unmarked. And that's Marked what Goody done then. And he went on yeah. a mazy run, a give and go, got it again and and, uh, and knocked the ball in. I think he was against George McRae. He was a ginger Eddie boy that played in goal for Man City in the, yeah. the mid-70s. But quality goal and quality players I'll can produce you. quality. I'll tell you why they do that. Right, because yeah. what Cruyff and them, I know why they do it because what they do is they want to take a throw in because they know they're going to throw a good ball. Yeah. Some players don't throw good balls and they throw it. The teaching when you when you when you're getting coached with the good coaches, throw the ball to his to the feet. Yeah. You know so you can control it. But yeah. you can't control it on your chest. You can't control it up on your head, can you? No, you, you'll so take better, two touches. The better, the, yeah. better, the better players will try and get out of the ball and mm-hmm. look for a quick quick throw but you watch when, when they do throw it they'll either throw it into an area where can take it forward yep. or with it with it twist his feet exactly uh, and nobody else can get around it but yep. going back to 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 coventry when you look at plymouth grimsby swindon um who else is in that league it were uh, Cov- Cov- in that crew, league one you've got crew, um portsmouth you know, you've got sundland yeah, there's some good oh, yeah, teams. But what, but what i'm trying to say is all these teams getting coached now they're yeah. getting coached yeah and they are willing to play out from the back playing out from the back is not a problem the problem is the mistakes yep right so people say well if you do that the name to go i get that i get it but mm-hmm. it's giving the players on the ball what's 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 composed and confident yeah how many got you never there's no stat but you watch football in general, for the teams that play it long, how many times they concede by just they think, oh, we'll get it away from us. It comes back, yep. and they're put under pressure, and they'll either give a penalty away, concede a goal, concede a corner, concede a throw in, and they're back under pressure again. So if you can keep the ball, we we, we composure without making it boring, you know, the, the the opposition will find it difficult to get the ball back. So football is changing now. When I say changing, coaching is changing. And even at the lower level now, there's some good quality teams, you know, uh, I like to watch. I mean, I watched the highlights of that Dortmund game last night and fascinating some of the stuff from these top players. I mean, fascinating. 
And when we're talking about top players, Ireland, oh. <laughs> what a season that boy's having. How can Man United not sign him for 30 odd million quid? Well, again, I mean, his agent, um, Mino Riola, and we'll, yep. we'll get back, we'll get on yep. to that a little bit later in the programme because I do want to talk to you about agents. Right. He's an agent's job is doing the best for the, for player, the player, for the player, finding yep. the best club for the player. You could argue that coming from, he was playing in the Swiss League, wasn't he, um, Harland? So, uh, no, 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 he was. He was he, was it Switzerland? Or, or, was it Austria? Austria, I thought it was. It Thomas was, is shouting at me, but I know it was Austria. Yeah, it was. It's certainly yeah. one of those countries there. That in in it's Austria, you know, Norway, Norway is first, and then it was bought to Austria. So you know, so he's not playing in the strongest of leagues in Europe. Is where I'm coming from. So a move to the Bundesliga, to Dortmund. Arguably, he's better for his development than going straight to a Manchester United team that are in transition, to say the least, at the moment. So he's gone there, he's gone to Germany, he's still scoring goals, he's playing in a team that's on the front foot, and he's doing well. Now, in a couple of seasons, he may then transfer those skills and his services to the Premier League. And I think if he keeps progressing, then there'll be a number of clubs queuing up for his signature. Well, he's definitely going to progress. You can see that. He's got something. Yeah, 100%. He's got something what lots of people would love, which is pace. Yeah. It's, con- it's control. I mean, both of them goals were brilliant, but the second goal, was it? The, first, the one with his shot with his left foot and he boom. And it's the first one or the second one now. But I disagree with a little bit on on the first part of it. Yeah. Because, yes, I get the transition. You're not wrong at that. You're 100% right on that. And it, it could work against him. You're right. Yeah. But... At the same time, he could have been he could be the one what's the, the, the signed him, and he could be the one what kicks out him. Oh yeah, could be because yeah. Because yeah. he scored. I mean, it, it's not gone straight into team uh, in Dortmund. Mm. He's been. I mean, he came on and scored an attic. He's, he's got twenty nine goals in thirty nine games or something. <laughs> it's incredible what he's doing. Yeah, you know. But going back to the agent bit, I mean, when you look, every player is different. Yep. So I mean. Uh, Miola is getting a lot of stick about Pogba, right? That boy could have gone there and not been announced of trouble. Yeah. And Miola don't get involved in anything. Yeah. You know, we don't know. I'm not saying Pogba is, but we don't know if it's Pogba what's saying to his agent, I want this, I want this. Because at the end of the day, an agent will only do things for a player. Listen, all football players have got to understand this. Agents can only make a money if the player is successful. Correct. Nothing else. Yep. Minola can't sell him to Real Madrid if the kid's not doing it. Correct. Or he can't sell him to Juventus or anywhere else unless the player is do it, doing it. So there's more to meet the eye, and at the same time, it's it's causing a lot of trouble at Manchester United. So do you keep the player and disrupt all, or disrupt the club, or do you uh, sell him? Now I would have sold him and said that, but, but that's a, but I would have said to Minola, look, this has nothing to do with you. Because he's, he can he, he can only do what that because what anybody says, and I'm not saying <clears throat> agents don't want to make money. Of course they do. Anybody in with in the right mind this day and age will try and make money. But all the interviews I heard him, I've heard him. He, he's never lost his rag. He's been composed and he's answered every question what the what they're thrown at him. So I don't think, you know, in my opinion, I don't think he's come across uh, too badly at all. Now, there is something wrong with Pogba. Now, you can't blame the agent for it because at the end of the day, it's down to the player. 
you know, to be uh, successful. I know the team, <clears throat> the team's not been playing particularly well, and in and in a better team, in a better team that uh, it would be a better player, like everybody would be. But at the same time, he's the man there. What they spent ninety million pound on, he should be leading them and dragging them through, through bad games and, and getting good results for them, or trying to help them get good results. Well, while we're still stewing on my um, three magic moments, we, we will talk a bit more um, about agents. I'm I'm doing a, a podcast with um, with Silky next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he is a football agent. He was a football player. He's an agent. Yeah. He, he's turned his hands to many things, both on and off the football pitch. And yeah, somebody... but he's a dog trainer and all. Exactly, uh, yeah. Silky, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. His agents, he's... He's got some of these old uh, groups and singers, yeah, yeah, old souls. So he's yeah. he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot down on that uh, side of it. But I, w- I would imagine he's still doing. He'll still have some footballers. But again, ultimately, the job of the agent is to speak for the player. And I I was listening to Talk Sport the other day, and Simon Jordan was on and. Um, I, I, I thought to be, if I'm honest, I thought Simon Jordan was quite embarrassing. You know, it appears as though he's got a fundamental problem with agents and, and he wanted to attack Royola, whereas Royola, I thought, was very respectful. Mm. He called him Mr. Jordan. He yeah. was trying to answer things all that the they people. were mud that were really throwing at, at Riola. But all he was doing, he, he'd given, from what I... From what I could gather, he'd given a he'd given an interview to somebody in in Italy who asked him about Juventus, and, yes. and all Royola said is, "Oh, you know, Juventus is is uh, Paul's second home. You know, he spent many a, a good year at Juventus at the moment. You know, he's contracted up till the Euros." You know, to Manchester United, and, and then we'll get, see from there. Yeah, he's, take it from there. Yeah, he's got to get himself fit. We'll take no, it from there. What's wrong with that? And what we'll, is wrong with that? Exactly, and we will talk to Manchester United first and see what they want to do. Now, that's what I got from it. Nothing wrong. Now, if the player, you know, doesn't talk to the press, who talks? Who, who talks to people? And that's the agent. And I don't get this that agents should be seen and not heard. Ryle has done a great job for Slatana Ibrahimovic. Brim, uh, um, he's done yeah. a great job for Mario Balotelli. He's done a great yeah. job for Paul Pogba. I mean, he's done a great job representing a lot of world-class players. And I, at times, yes, okay, he might say things that 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 that, that are misconstrued and. And I think sometimes when you are interviewed by papers and the written words really can distort what you're trying yeah, to say. They will change it. They will change it because exactly. they're far more educated. Well, I'm also more educated than them. Yeah. They've done a lot of footballers and they will put words, change your words around. Yeah. I mean, I was sat in car listening to that interview with Tom and I said to Tom, yeah. you know, uh, because I was on about Pogba itself. But going, <clears throat> going back to Jordan, mm-hmm. I quite like, I quite like Simon George. So do I. But but he's a bitter man. Yes. He he hated the he hates it the amount of the wages what the play players get. Yeah. Listen, I get I get I get that when when people are working hard. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, footballs are earning this kind of money. But you know, if them players didn't get that kind of money, who's going to get it? The directors, what they're going to do? Exactly. With it? Yeah. You know. Now let's go back to the bit with, with Jordan. You know, angry with with 
with players. He's angry with agents. He's angry with the football itself. Yeah. Right. He bought a football club, which were brilliant because mm. it's his, his passion, and I get that. And what does he do? <clears throat> he goes bankrupt because he's run the club wrong, or he's let somebody misuse the club and lost his money for him. Yeah. Now he's done well to come back, and and I like something what's going to say it as it as it is. But you, listen. Everybody wants to forget about agents. Agents are no good unless the player is playing well. Yeah. And do you think you do you think that what's the Thomas? What's the big one? Mendes. Do you think Mendes is going to tell Vinaldo what to do? Yeah, exactly. Never. Right. Exactly. Do you think Messi's agent? No, they're not. No, but Messi's agent is dad. Yeah. Right. So these agents, regardless what anybody says, you know. They're taking the stick, the agents take the stick like we used to get the stick. If I if I weren't happy, I weren't playing or whatever, and I and I went to uh, ask for a, a transfer, I got the stick for it. Yeah. Now it's the agents who are getting the stick. But it's yeah. listen, a player will do what that player wants to do because he will say to the agent, make no mistake. And I know because I know what certain other players, you know, because I do, I still do speak to people. Yeah. Right. When I do go to football matches, they'll turn around and say, I'm not happy. I tell I tell the agent, you know, find me another club. Yeah. So more to it than meets the eye with the Pogba bit. Don't keep blaming agents. Absolutely. An agent will a, a player will tell an agent, I'm not happy here, get me another club. And you can only get him a club, by the way. I mean that was a great shout by Minola, but because I keep telling Tom on this. A player can only get a club an agent can only get a player another club if that player is playing particularly well. Someone's gonna want if it's not, forget it. Yeah, absolutely. Like he said, I mean that was another great bit by him. I mean, Ola, when he said, "How many, how many players could afford him?" Yeah. So you know, I'm not saying he's going to go anywhere because they might not be able to afford him. Exactly. So you're right about Simon Jordan, and I'm not going to go at him, but he, I think he's a bitter man. But I still like him. I like to listen to him on radio, you know. But when he when he's talking, he's talking through bitterness. I think. It might not say that, but for me, it is. You know, he don't like players earning all this money. Uh, he don't like a lot of football clubs because of this. He don't like that. But he he has got a, he has got some good points. Hundred percent. But again, when Simon Jordan, I, I do listen to him, and, and like he, like yourself, I, I quite like him. I like to listen to him. I like to listen to people that are opinionated. They have opinions. I get all that, and I like it. But you never hear Simon Jordan moaning when he wanted a player out, so he'd 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 make sure that that player got transferred to to another football club. So football clubs also do do that. Players want to get out, and sometimes football clubs want the players to get out. It just seems as though when when a player asks an agent to get out, it's completely different to when a club wants the player to get out. Because largely, they'll tell the local press a cock and bull story. It'll come out. The fans will turn against the player, and and the club gets off scot free. It's just the way the game is. It's it's sad, and it's always the player that gets and the agent in the neck, and not the football club. You you've got to have a manager walking in a football club. You've got to have a manager exactly. walking in a football club. The players. Uh, what I'm trying to say about this, I'll always stick up for the players, right? Because a manager can can make and break a player. Make no mistake on that. Yeah. But Simon Jordan. He had Ian Dowie, what left to go to Charlton, yeah. and then absolutely slaughtered him. See, managers going about players, but look at Bruce. Steve Bruce walked out on Crystal yeah. Palace to go somewhere else. Yeah. Wasn't it Sheffield United, Birmingham, whatever yeah, it was? Birmingham's what I'm going to say is, so yeah. it's not just players. Managers do it. They walk they out. 
but when the play when the player wants to do it, there's all all let loose. You know, at the end of the day, if the player's not happy, get rid of him because it'll only disrupt the, the club. If the manager's not happy, somebody else is coming from get rid of him, it'll only disrupt the club. Right? And and, and then when you sign when you as a as an owner, when you're signing these managers on, make sure you get the right manager because it's that what's going to get you success. Absolutely spot on. My second uh, magic moment was Aubameyang's header for yeah. Arsenal. I thought that was an absolutely fantastic. He punched Brilliant. that ball with his what head. What about the ball? Mate. What about the ball? Oh, great ball! You, 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 you could hear the uh, you could hear the, uh, the I hear the keeper shout out, "Clear it!" Yeah, he, he's got up. But but the thing about all is, like I said, if you find the two full-backs at Liverpool are the best in the country and I'm not saying the best in the world because we don't see enough of the European, even at least some of it. We used to see a lot of it at one time, but yeah. but now you've got to have BT Sport, you've got to have a CNN, see the rest of the, these teams throughout Europe. Yeah. But it's a ball in where a defender can't defend. Yeah. A defender can't defend it. Yeah. So this, these, these experts will turn around and say, what a good defender he is, he's cleared that. That's a bad ball in. Great ball in. And what an end of it was. Smacking corner, the keeper has no chance whatsoever. But again, technically, if you're looking um, at heading the ball and, and teaching a kid how to head a ball, that is textbook, isn't it? That Everything. Was just his body shape. Brilliant. His, his body <laughs> shape is heading it perfect. He's yeah. caught it, his eyes have opened because, I mean, listen, when I was a kid, it, even... Only occasionally I scored a couple of goals with my head. Exactly. And nine times out of ten, I, I used to close my eyes because it used to, I used to, it used to give me an headache the ball when, it, yeah. when I had the ball, you know. So you're right, textbook, perfect, perfect ball in. Uh, his positional sense was was great, great jump, right, and a great finish. And my first one was Vidra's goal for Burnley against Southampton. Oof. What a goal to yep. win a game. Uh, and the boy struggled a little bit, hasn't he? I don't yeah. know whether it's through injury or he's just not been in the team. He's had a, a number of clubs since he really starred at, at Watford. And the take on his chest, he just found that bit of space. Thanks. Bang, back of the net. Quality good strike. Player. Good players, if, if the compos on the ball, will always find them space. Now you're, now you're on with Burnley. What a, what a bit of a uh, yeah. that is with uh, Gibson, the the boy Gibson. Yeah, it's a strange you know, one, isn't it? Well, it's not strange. He's just fallen out. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not come out like it did in our days, but yeah. that's what they've done. Yeah. You know, he'll be not happy. He wanted to leave the club. He's not been in the team. Uh, I mean, he's gone back to um, Middlesbrough yeah. just to train there. Mm. He can't play. It's crazy. Now, what good's that, what, what that to him? And what, yeah. I mean... Burnley might as well cut the cut the losses and and sold him to Crystal Palace. I think Crystal Palace what came in for him, wasn't it? Yeah. And transfer deadline. So this is what I'm saying about what good is that going to do Burnley Football Club? Nothing. Nothing. The player, you know, or the football club. No you know, good at all I mean, the that. player now, yeah. a player now can sit and let his contract expire, and then go for nothing. Yeah. You know, sometimes a club will turn around and say, "Well, we'll do that," but. If you, if, all right, it's cost them fifteen million quid, mm. right? But if you're not picking him, yeah, you've got to think. Well, uh, he's not good enough for my team, mm. so you've got to sell him because all you're going to do is cause yourself more problems, more problems. So, 
But it is a funny one, that one, isn't it? 100%, 100%. (coughs) Five favourite games or most memorable games, TC, of the 70s. Whether you played in the game or whether you watched it as a fan, what's your your top five? Well, again, it's like picking all these players out. There's that many great players. I've seen that many great matches. But I'm going to go for the elite with the elite uh, and... I mean, I'm going to put one of my games in because I have to put it in, in a sense, because, it, you know, it, it, it was the first time they played each other for years with the Sheffield Derby. It's 49,000 people there. But it, holds, it holds the record for a third division game, the old third division, and what is it now? The Championship 2. Yeah. Uh, is it Championship 2? Yeah, Championship yeah, 2. two. Yeah. So I'm going to put that in. League 1, beg your pardon. Yeah, uh, League 1. League 1. 50,000, uh, 49,000 there, you know, the Sheffield Derby, where we won... Uh, 4-0, but when you look at the other teams, what I'm going to mention, you know, it's like um, the Sunday League team. When when I when I when I put the, when I put with me putting them in in with these group, I'm going to put in. But I've got to put that in because it was a great atmosphere, a great occasion for me, and, and to beat Sheffield United, you know, 4-0 on Boxing Day was brilliant. But in uh, can I four, just interrupt you there, sir? Yeah, we've got to say happy birthday to Spider as well. Oh yeah, the first goal, yes. didn't they? Happy happy birthday, my mate Spider, <laughs> and I hope you've had a good good couple of days because his wife Sue sent me a message. I said, wish him happy birthday for me because he's not on Facebook, and she said he's had two great days, Debbie. I said, uh, well done. Good. Well, I sent him a message back. Well done. So that was in fifth place, uh, and there's plenty more uh, teams I could have put in yeah. before that, but. I've only done that for the occasion of it. Yes. You know, uh, in fourth place was the um, Scotland-Argentina game, 1978 World Cup, when uh, Scotland uh, went 3-1 three, uh, three up with, with an absolutely sublime goal of Gemmels. Against and, Holland. Uh, against Holland, yeah. yeah. And Rep, and Rep, did, did they got another goal that had qualified into the next stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got out of the group stage, uh, but they did, uh, Johnny Rep uh, scored an absolutely uh, sublime goal to make it three-two. Uh, that was so. That's in fourth place. In uh, third, I'm going to go for the um, England Welsh Germany game. Okay. Right, and the and the the top one was the Italians. Versus, uh, oh, I missed the Arsenal game out. So the in fourth place for the the Arsenal versus Man United, nineteen seventy nine FA Cup final where they were two 0 up and then uh, they came back and Alan Sunderland scored in the ninetieth minute, something like that to win to win the game. Then it was the Argentina Scotland game. <clears throat> then the England uh, versus West Germany when England was two uh, 0 up and. West Germany came back to beat them 3-2 and the, the, the greatest game I've ever seen in, in my life. And I've got to admit that, uh, I know I know it's not in the 70s, the, the Man United-Barcelona game at Wembley, well, that's, as a, as, a, as a club football, that was a sublime game. But the greatest game I've ever seen was that uh, World Cup final, that Brazilian 1970 World Cup final, when they absolutely slaughtered... Um, Italy, so that's the that's the that's the greatest game I've ever seen. That 
But that Barcelona, I know it's not the 70s against Man United at Wembley, but that was the nearest perfection as I've ever seen in my life. What was that United and Barcelona game? What year? Uh, 2010. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. That when, uh, the, I mean, Man United got absolutely a great team. Yeah. I just couldn't get the ball off them. That was a game that they played Ryan Giggs centre midfield, didn't they? I'm sure they did in that game. I don't know. I don't think they did. Oh, okay. I okay. I don't think they did. Um, was it? They just absolutely. They went one 0 up Barcelona, and uh, in fact, Ferguson turned around and said, "That's the best football he'd ever seen." Yeah. You know, and I thought to myself after that, I always thought to myself, I wonder why Ferguson never went. And, I mean, they were a good team and they played some good football. Did Man United under Ferguson? Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. And he built some great teams. But when he said, when he made that statement after that game, you know, I always, I always thought to myself, I wonder if he'll go down that route of playing that high tempo, mm. tempo because Fergie was still, even though he wanted to attack teams, he always got people like Giggs and Beckham going back. You know, when you see Ronaldo's and your messes and that, they, they've never, they've never done that in their lives. You know, Jimmy Greaves of this world and your Maradonas and your Pellies, they've never done that. But Fergie always had. I mean, I always think Ryan Giggs could have gone on to be... Uh, listen, he's won more trophies than any other player in in, in, in English game. Mm. But I always thought if he'd have given the free freedom of the field to go and play football, I think he would have been up there with, with Messi's and Minalno's this yeah. world with Giggs. Yeah. But those was, was my five games, you know. But there's under... You know, the Leeds, the Leeds United against um, Southampton. When they, when they beat them 7-1, yeah. you know, Sheff, I could have put Sheffield Wednesday in when they were 2-0 up against Everton in the FA Cup, yeah. you know, and Everton came. There's stacks of games, you know, I've seen in this. I saw some great games with Stoke City and, uh, and Stoke were only a, a, an average, not, a, just not, not a little club, but a decent-sized club, yeah. you know, until, you, until Hudson went there, you know, and then just turned it around, Banks went there and... They were a great team to watch. You know, I've seen some great games in my lifetime. There's yep. been some fantastic games in the 70s. The Sheffield Wednesday Everton missed it by four years and United and Barcelona missed it by yeah. 40. But there were yeah. some brilliant, brilliant games from 1970 till the uh, the, the turn of um, the decade to 1980 and that 79 final of um, of Arsenal and Manchester United. Arguably the greatest finish to any final yeah. that I've seen. And you're right, where the ball just went over Gary Bailey's fingertips and Alan Sunderland just met the ball and bang, game over, through to him. What a, what a time yeah. to finish a game of football. My five are, um, are in no particular fixed order, but I remember Birmingham City going to Liverpool. I think it was 1973. It was our match of the day. I've got an idea, Birmingham were 3-1 up at Anfield and Liverpool ran out winners 4-3 on that day and Bob Atten had a, a goal disallowed. So that, that that's a game that, that sticks in my memory bank because Birmingham wasn't on match of the day very often. So mm. we and, and whenever we were on match of the day, we generally lost. But and, and we did of course there at Anfield. But um, that was Can I just yeah. interrupt? Yes, can of course. You, you can. Now, you, now you mentioned that when you said four three. Yeah. And it weren't the seventies. What about that Liverpool game uh, with Newcastle when Newcastle were going for the league, and they Liverpool beat them four three. 
That was an absolute yeah, real thing. But Collie Moore scored that. Yeah, Collie Moore scored, didn't he? I think the winner. I, mean, I remember Keegan just putting his head down and shaking his head and thinking, I don't believe this. Because I went in front three times yeah. at Liverpool. Anyway, sorry for interrupting you. Mind you, in modern days with VAR, it would have probably been 1 1 that game, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know, we can talk about that at a later time because Wenger's law may be coming in or may not. We don't know at this present moment in time. My first FA Cup final, Leeds United versus Arsenal in the centenary when Sniffer... 1970? Scored, sorry, 1972, when 72. Sniffer scored that winning goal with it with the uh, diving header. header. And I've recently done a, a my 70s with Sniffer and he talked me through that goal and, and those halcyon days of Leeds was that United. The one when, was that the one with Jones and... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't Arsenal... Who did Arsenal beat in 1970? Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. They, they beat Liverpool 2-1 in 1971. Yeah. Eddie Kelly yeah. and uh, Charlie George scored the goals, didn't they, for, well, for Arsenal? Well, 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 in 1970 then? You got me at it now. Uh, 1970 was Leeds United versus Chelsea. And uh, the Super Blues won Chelsea, it. Yeah, it, was, it, it was the final that Udi missed replay, because yeah. Yeah, he went down the uh, down a little divot at um, at the Hawthorns in, in March. Yeah. Um, and missed the uh, EFA Cup final in 70 and also missed the World Cup in 1970 as well. The 1972 FA Cup final, Leeds United versus Arsenal, 1-0 to Leeds. And that was my first FA Cup final that I watched in colour. Um, England versus Poland in 1973 as well. Don't when you tell me that. Don't you give I me that I remember watching that as an eight-year-old. I wanted to kick the television in the air. I cried. I oh, no, couldn't believe it. How we, how we did not win that game, I'll never know. Incredible. We had chance after chance. Yeah. And the goalkeeper, Tomaszewski, had one of those games. I mean, I've been, and I'm not always agreeing with Cluffy, but Cluffy were right. He was. He, was a clown. he yeah. used to make mistakes and mistakes. But he had one of those games when everything went right for him, didn't it, the goalkeeper? Yeah. He saved everything. And some of the shots, really, some of the shots, what he did say, you can call them reaction saves, really, because they were straight at him, some yeah. of them. You know, nine, nine times out of ten, those type, those players would have scored goals. If England played Poland again, and, and it was everything was the same, apart They'd from win. the ball going in the back of the net, England nine, nine would have 99 yeah. times out of 100. It yeah. was a game that England absolutely Peppered the Polish yeah. goal, and, uh, and we we drew one one and got knocked I mean, out. Two, what do you think about it? You two mis- there were two mistakes in that game. Norman Hunter. <clears throat> yeah, I mean Norman. Norman sure. I mean Norman Hunter yeah. thinks the ball is going to go out. He does, yeah. I mean, nine times out. Of, listen, never mind nine times out of ten. Two thousand, right? Yeah. One thousand nine hundred ninety-nine t- times out of two thousand, Norman Hunter would have put that keeper, that player, in stand. Oh, all day long. You know, but so was he not on a booking TC at the time? I'm sure Norman was on a booking, you know. Yeah, but I, I, what I'm trying to say is, mm. even then, you know, it had put him in there because at the end of the day, uh, it's, got, it's not as though it's a, it's a final. Yeah. It's not as though it's a final. It must have been destined for them to qualify because, yeah, like you said, even Shilton made a mistake in the game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Went, Went straight under him, him, you know. Yeah, under you know. Him. Mm. Unbelievable, so, but just one of those games and just. Typical of England, and but there were great, there were great uh, action in the game when it went. Oh. We absolutely pummeled them 
from start to finish, yet drew one apiece. Yeah, it was the most unbelievably imbalanced one-one draw yeah. that you've ever seen. But but let's you know, let's talk up the poles a little bit. They were a decent team, oh. wasn't they? And I'm sure and that they honest, were Olympic champions as well at the time. They, they did well in the World Cup, but now I think they got to the quarterfinals. Got to third place, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I think they come third. Uh, Lato was probably and Dana, they're two yeah. uh, better. Be- I think probably the best players of the World Cup there for Poland. So yeah. uh, the Poland, the Poles were a decent team, but my God, England, we should have beaten that night and qualified. <laughs> um, my next m- memorable game in the seventies was um, the World Cup final of nineteen seventy four when I absolutely fell in love with football and total football and Holland and Johan Cruyff. Oh, against the West Germans. Oh, what a game that was. They went one Sadly, up with a yeah. penalty. And it was in the know. first minute, wasn't it, Jack Taylor yeah. was the referee. Absolutely. I mean, I felt sorry for her. I mean, Germany, so what a good time. But everything yeah. went right for Germany. Yeah, it did, yeah. Everything went right for Germany. Yeah. And they, don't forget, they had a goal scorer. What was second to none at the time? Yes. Gert Muller, the yeah. bomber. Yeah. You know, unbelievable. Um, great game. Absolutely fabulous game. And again, I thought Holland still should have won it, but, you know, the Germans were a good team and you can never you can never uh, discard them, can you, to the Germans? No, you can't. You can never write the Germans off. But the, the kick-off was delayed, wasn't it, of the 74 final? Can you remember yes. why? No, but... I, I can remember it being a late kickoff, being delayed. Yeah. Was it what did we crowd? Was it? No, it was the uh, the corner flags worn in place. <sighs> and then in the seventy-eight final, didn't Van Kerkhoff have um, a cast on his arm, and there was a little yes. bit of whether he could play or not controversy about that. Yeah, there was. Right, yeah, yes. yeah. And my my most memorable game because the seventies, I was a kid growing up, watching, loving football, was Holland versus Brazil. In, in the game that ultimately oh, yeah. took Holland to, to the final. Goals by yeah, the great Johnny Rep and the maestro, Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff. I mean, for about... I mean, they still do well to Holland. But then when Cruyff were playing, you know, for, for two, three World Cups, they were phenomenal. How they didn't win one of those World Cups, I'll never know. I'll never know. Because Johan didn't go to the 78 World Cup finals. No, he only played in 74. I, I think he was disappointed or he'd fallen out with someone, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, that 78, they still looked as though they were going to win that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Argentina got Kempis and uh, Luque, didn't they? I remember I told you I, I, yeah, I played yeah. against those two after yeah. the World Cup. Uh, and Kempis, Kempis in the, I mean, he was my uh, favourite player in the World Cup that year. Campus, yeah, great player, and Diego Maradona narrowly missed out on being yeah. selected as well for that World Cup in '78. But again, that was a. But I think a, he was only 16 and then 17. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was very close to getting that number 10 shirt, but I believe Kempes was given it because of what he'd done, and you yeah. know, being that little bit older, and also being a world class player as well. Let, let's be quite truthful. But do you remember the game that England played in '77 when we played in Buenos Aires, and I th- think we drawed one-one, and it was, if my memory serves me right, the first game that we ever watched via satellite TV. No, I can't remember. Maybe uh, it's not what, what's sticking out in me. Yeah, I'm about the, the England Scotland game then. But uh, no, go on. See if I can 
See if it'll come back to me when you when you mention it. I've got an idea. Trevor Cherry scored England's goal. I've got an idea through memory. I've looked on the internet to see if I can find it, but I can't. But it was definitely 77. It was definitely in Buenos Aires. Because it, it, Argentina was a very, very different country back in those days. The, the junter or the hunter was, was running the country. It, it was, was a dictatorship. Oh, it yeah. was, yeah unbelievable and and a number of people in Argentina uh, you know found themselves dissidents and so, so on uh, found themselves in the bottom of the river plate didn't they they were yeah. a ruthless regime and unbelievably given the World Cup really given the human rights issues exactly exactly the um I, when see people fight the death of them these, yeah, these dictatorships yeah. in those days oh you ruthless know. but the, I mean the, the 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 people of Argentina did did stand up for themselves, but what happened to some of them? They just got shot, taken away, and just shot and put into. I mean, there's something about that what sticks in my mind where with the dictators, they found under the nudges of people what they'd, they'd shot and buried, yeah. and they, they were in shallow graves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, so. I'm I'm reading a book at the moment by David Bailey called The Magical Magiers. And it's an absolutely fantastic read, and not just telling the story of arguably one of the greatest international sides, uh, Hungary, of, of the 50s. But what politically was going on before the First World War and during and after, and it's a phenomenal read. And the, the, the way that the communists run Hungary with an iron fist, and, and you've got to read the book, but the, the role that Puskas played, he was almost the first football agents. And they were so good that the Soviets even turned their blind eye to the Hungarians when they went out to the West, bringing back contraband goods. And, and some of the players making businesses out of it. It's a, fan, <laughs> it's a fantastic read, it really is. It's some, there's some things what you, people would have got up to. Uh, and when you look at it and, and how, they got, how they're allowed to get away with it, but when you're in the public eye, these dictators will let certain things go with 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 the sports people because yep. it was it was it was the sports it was the sports personalities uh, of the competitors that um, got them into the globalization with with without people being too uh, ruthless about them being a dictatorship you know mm. because the sports side of it was sports when all to do with sports really. Uh, it brings people together, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. You know, and and I think with 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 all the great teams and sports personalities from these countries, uh, I think it just kept kept it a little bit off these dictatorships because they were ruthless with some of these people and their citizens. Absolutely ruthless. You know, I mean, I remember going to um, Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Uh, and that one in the eighties and. You know, everybody seemed to be wearing same type of, type of dark clothes. Even the women, you know, they've got hair on the on the face. You know, yeah. looks as though uh, you think. Well, even the, even the, some of the men's uh, hadn't got hair on the face. And then when you went down into the bars and then you talked to some of them, what could speak English? You know, uh, some of the things what they used to tell us. What you know, we didn't know how lucky we were to be living in in in, in countries like ours compared to theirs. With you know, you, you couldn't do anything. You know, you were just taken off the streets, and sometimes your brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, they were never saw again. 
Oh, absolutely. And with the Hungarians, the secret police were following around everywhere. It's just an unbelievable story. In fact, what I want to do as well is a bit of a history vault where we talk about briefly for a couple of minutes, indulge into a player, an absolute legend of yesteryear that, that many people have either forgotten or don't even know about. And what I want to talk about briefly on this podcast is Laszlo Kubala. Have you any? Kubala. Have you? What's your take on Kubala? What's your knowledge of um, Laszlo? Well, it's like all else. Uh, being in a country like that, you could we we didn't see much of him because we, we, when you saw him, you think, you know, what a player he was. Yeah. But they they were run by dictators, weren't they? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so there were. It was hard to to. I mean, like like the Ashen. Another one, they got, but he was a goalkeeper. Yeah. Trying to think of a couple of the great uh, Russian players, but Kubala were in the wrong country. You know, um, what was a boxer? What play? What Kubalas and all? Can you remember the the, the boxer uh, from um, what's Cuba. the one off just Cuba? Cuba. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Boxer, the black, I the do black remember. boxer. Yeah, I do remember. He him, were, yeah. he were, you know, and uh, Olympic champion, Castro, wasn't he? Yeah, Castro. Mm. Couldn't get out. Couldn't. Wouldn't allow him to do anything. And you know. But going back to what you, I, yes, I do remember him. What a player he was. But you, you, you could never find out too much about him, like you would our, our players, because obviously, you, the the media, the TV presenters and radio presenters, could talk to to to, to us. But in those days, they they weren't allowed. Only they were only allowed to talk to their own people, weren't they? Yeah. Briefly, Kubala, he played for three nations, Czechoslovakia, Hungarian, he was Hungarian of birth. He played for the Czechs, then played for Hungary. He played six times for Czechoslovakia and scored four goals. He played three times for Hungary and defected in 1949. And he went to uh, to Italy and ended up at Barcelona and played for Spain 19 times, scoring 11 goals. I've got an idea. The forward line for Spain in them days was Di Stefano Puskas and Kubala. What no. a forward line. line. He, he, left, he left Hungary in 1949. But all those three... All those three players all did the same thing, didn't they? Oh, they were, yeah, score goals and were fantastic. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I've posted up a, a, a piece on YouTube about Kubala and have a look at one of his goals. Absolutely frightening. But he escaped in 1949 as he dressed up as a Russian soldier. And he ended up in Italy. Now, I didn't know this, but in 1949, he was asked... By uh, it was um, Erpstein, Enzo Erpstein, that was the manager of the Gran El Grande Torino. They played a game in Benfica, well, in Lisbon against Benfica. It was only a, a, a friendly game, and he'd agreed to go and play in that game. Well, as he'd agreed, his wife then come and joined him in Italy because she was still back home. So he declined the offer that night when they travelled home from uh, Lisbon, that was the night of the Supergar air disaster and Kubala would have been on that plane and died with all of those oh, legends good. of Italian football. 
He was banned for a year. He made his own team called Hungaria and then went over to Barcelona. And Real Madrid wanted to sign him. But as legend has it, Barcelona's officials got him drunk and signed him for Barcelona. (laughs) It's an incredible uh, story. He scored over 150 goals in 200 games. And he played in a wonderful Barcelona team with Luis Suarez and uh, Sandor Kocic as well. I mean, what a story and what a legend. Laszlo Kubala. Listen, listen, anybody who researches any of those type of players from those, that Hungarian team, they they were one of the best teams of all time. You're just going out a bit too, see there. Can you hear me now? Sorry. Yep, you were just going out of it there, uh, I put me sorry, I put my hand over the bottom of the uh, speaker. <laughs> so if the people research these type of players, oh. it's just a pity that they don't have enough of the uh, video clips of them yep. or the YouTube clips type of things. It's because they were, you know, and, and they would have been great players today. Great oh. players will play in any era. Hundred percent, and in, and I was listening era. to a podcast about the influence of Hungarian football with Barcelona and it's a fantastic listen and again that's on our group The Current View you just when you start researching and reading football you realise how little or I've realised how little I know about the beautiful game and how fantastic some of these players of the uh, war years were and and if they were playing today, would still be legends, as you rightly say. Cause when I interviewed Frank Worthington, I said, Frank, how do you think you'd get on in the modern game? And he said, son, and he, he just, son, leant back in his chair and he says, great players that play in any era. I said, Frank, but, but, but right. You see, the thing is, that the, 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 the modern day fan yeah. will never have seen uh, the great player of yesteryear. Yeah. It's only the experienced fan or the older fan what exactly. remembers and yeah. sees. So it's like it's like Messi. Mm. You know, all all the young lads fans were looking at Messi. Well, what the greatest player of all time? Yeah. Well, you can argue forever and a day more. You could have Pelé. You could have Cruyff. Yeah. You could have. I mean, Maradona, Ronaldinho. I mean, Ronaldinho is with them, but the Ronaldinho were night clubbing. Yeah. You know, where, where Messi hasn't done the uh, nightclubs, he's done. You know, he's been he's been the good boy of football. But but Maradona, I still said Maradona was a better player than Messi, and I still love watching oh, Messi well. play. Yeah, same, you know, yeah. I still love watching Spot Messi on. play. But M- M- Messi never got the the the, 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 the uh, fouls. Yeah, like uh, like Maradona did. I mean, oh, it was brutal, yeah. absolutely brutal. Pillar to pillar. And you can imagine. You can imagine playing in Argentina and in, in Italy and Spain because in those days, oh my God! Yeah. I mean, we had some, but, the, but Norman Hunter and all them weren't like that. Um, Ratting, no. you know, all, all these all these Portuguese teams and Spanish teams and Italian teams—they were absolutely brutal, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely I mean, brutal. I mean, no, you you could argue that they were butchers rather than defenders. And the brutality that they dished out to forwards was just, well, it beggars belief. If you, you know, you watch the YouTube clips and you're wincing, aren't you, watching them? They're that bad. Well, if anybody puts, if anybody puts YouTube's on and look at the Pelly in the 66 World oh, Cup, absolutely. I mean... Kicked out of it. Absolutely. Kicked absolutely out. kicked out of it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I had to miss a few games because, you know, 
it was brutality what they did to him. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it is now, don't you? I do TC, but before we do go on to our football yeah, but forecast... I'm not getting in trouble for her putting over on and, no, and uh, I've, giving I've, you some stick. I can hear the over being, <laughs> being, being plugged in plugged as in. we speak. But behind the lens is another feature that we do every week uh, on the uh, the podcast, The Current View, with the old Hillsborough, Mr Terry Curran. And the one I want to talk about briefly tonight is the one where you're on the steps with the four, the four goal scorers of all divisions. There was yourself, um, Boya, um, oh, Boya. Clive Allen, is uh, it? Clive Allen and the other player that, that people can't remember and, and I can't. Can you? I, listen, I do. If something, if you get, I do know it is. Yeah. But it, it, it's me. I'm not, have you put it on today or something? Yeah, I've put it on, it's, it's on our group. I've not looked at today. I've not seen yeah. it today. So there was me, Clive Allen, yep. uh, Boyer. Yep. Come on, give me, give me an I issue. Can't, I can't remember him. I can't remember. I'll but have it... a look and, and and don't post it to me. Yeah. I'll post you it. I'll have a look and I won't look at the one with it, you know with, with his names on it. I'll have a look at the photograph. Yeah. And then. Um, It'll come to me. But it was a picture taken of all the top goal scorers in the respective divisions, wasn't it, that year? Well, I'll tell you, we went to the um, Savoy yep. in London. Um, and that day, uh, there were goal at year and all that day, and Fashion Year won it. Great goal Nin- against Liverpool. 19, 1979. Yeah. And this is true, this, Gabby, uh, Jimmy Hill. And announced it on the um, in the room. Yeah. And they, obviously they, they announced that Fashion had won that goal. And they, but they did apologise to me. We said we know Fashion has won it. It was a fantastic goal. Uh, but the reason why Curran, because they must have got com- complaints from from fans all up and down the country. And they said the reason why uh, mine wasn't in in any of the um, What's the word I'm looking for? You know, picking the choice of it yeah. that season yeah. uh, because it was cut off time, oh and they apologised. Uh, they they apologised to me for it, but uh, but it was 1979. That I'll tell you when it was. Oh, it was Savoy for Savoy Hotel. What goal was it? Was it your goal that you scored at Fulham? No, the one uh, I scored for um, Wednesday at United. Uh, oh, oh, God, blimey! Oh, what a goal that was as well, wasn't it? They put brilliant, but they apologise, and I got a standing ovation for the goal. You know, in, in the room, do. it was fantastic, fantastic. I mean, that. Let's briefly talk through that goal. It was uh, was it a throwing? It was round about the, the the corner flag, wasn't it? And you received well, we, the ball. Three we, defenders really tightly marking you. We got we got a corner, and but uh, I I think it was me what took the corner the, on the right hand side. Yeah, and it's gone all the way out for a throwing, and I've run across. And I'm, as I've got across there, I'm shouting to uh, Ganti to throw the ball, throw the ball. Yeah. Anyway, finish up throwing it. And, you know, what I'm thinking is is trying to think a, a way to get forward, yeah. you know, trying to entice. And I thought to myself, if I come this way, they think, well, they've done they've done the job. If I'm going back towards the goal. And that's what they did. Yeah. And they, instead of pressing me, they thought I'm going to go away and pass the ball back across to midfield. Yeah. But I didn't. I turned across the edge of the box and I got in and I just saw 
uh, it opened up for me to have a shot. I caught it at the right uh, right angle of the ball, and when I hit it, you knew they knew the keeper weren't going to save it because you could. When it's like anything, a tennis ball. When you wear when you wear it cleanly, you leave a crack. If you wear golfers, when they when they crack a good ball, you wear it crack and. When I hit the ball, I had the I had the crack on it. I thought, well, he's never going to say. If you if you if you put it on YouTube, when I hit it, you can see I'm I'm running before it's it's hit goal. Yeah, I'm celebrating before it's hit the goal because I knew I knew it was going in. We will put that on the uh, the current view. Also, as well, um, I think it was in Shoot Magazine it, it, under the title of Take That. It's um a, a description of your goal and step-by-step step how you scored it. So we'll load that on as well. And you're right, it's that sweet spot, isn't it? You hit that sweet spot and you just know it's been in the back of the net. Well, they had a they had a kid playing for them, a kid called Alex Sabella. Good player, Argentinian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went, went to Leeds and then he went to manage Argentina. Mm. Right, And uh, in that game, he said to me, throughout the game, he said to me, why are you playing third division football? <laughs> he's, he, 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 throughout the game, players will talk, you know, you know, he skips into me, you crackers, you should be playing in first division, why, why are you playing, that's the same as you, what are you playing in third division for? <laughs> so he's, he wasn't giving me a stick, but I'm giving yeah. him a stick back, yeah. you know, because at the same time, he was too good to, 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 to be in third division. Both of you players, good enough to grace any football pitch in England, all day long, both quality. But I wanted to play for my boyhood, my boyhood uh, team, and uh, I got the chance to play for them. I, I don't regret it, but was it, was it the right thing to do? No, because you know you've got to play at the highest level all your life, and to go and play third division, it was it was silly. But um, I'd only do the same thing again <clears throat> if I had the chance. And that's why you'd make a great agent advising players, young players, on what's best for their future. What's best for my future is we better get this football forecast or that <laughs> vacuum is going to be wrapped around my neck. So let's go Friday night. And by the way, I won the games last week um, for predicting uh, scores. Did you uh, have Birmingham to win, by the way? I had um, Birmingham City played Brentford and I had Birmingham to draw what it a draw? Yeah, it was a draw, wasn't it? It was um, it was a one-one draw. One, one, um, I also had um, because I had them to win one nil, and I thought when they went one nil up, I thought, yeah, hey, I've done Gabby here. Yeah, and I also had um, West Brom and Forest to draw, where you'd gone at West Brom, and you went Birmingham. So with those two draws. And and we both correctly forecast Leeds to beat Bristol City. So yeah. I, I just won the day. So I'm going to play the record uh, this week. And it is 12-10. But Friday night, we've got Derby County versus Fulham TC. How do you see that one going? Where at? It's at Derby. Derby versus Fulham. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to say something to you now, like I tell Thomas. Yeah. Because uh, Leeds had a bit of a blip. Yep. Uh, and they're, are they going to blow it again? No, Leeds are not going to blow it. Yep. I'm not a Leeds fan because they've got the best manager in that division in Bielsa. Nobody nobody else will convince me on anything else. Yep. The football they play. And they, they, Leeds haven't played bad. They've been absolutely outstanding. They have not taken the chances. Yep. Right? So you're following them. And for me now, we're going to have the little 
bad runs again. So I think Leeds will just absolutely Fulham and not Fulham uh, Leeds and um, West Brom will, will, will finish up with a ten point lead on the rest of them. So I'm going to go for uh, Derby County to beat Fulham. What score, TC? Two one. Two one to Derby. I'm going to go 2-1 to Fulham and, of course, Derby, one of your former clubs. Your, your... Did you see Fulham last week against Barnsley? 3-0, I couldn't believe it. Oh, that was shocking. That, that goalkeeper, Jesus, were... Oh, I think Jesus would have if he was watching. But football's the most unpredictable game out, isn't it? No, isn't it, Justin? It's particularly in the Championship. Birmingham City versus your boys, Sheffield Wednesday. How do you see that one shaping up? 2-0 Birmingham. Yep, to be fair, I can see Birmingham winning 2-1 there. Well, they've got nine players out of contracts coming in. There's, there's, there's too much shassle at Sheffield Wednesday yeah. at the moment, so 2-0 Birmingham. Uh, I don't want them to win, but I mean... No, I know. There's no confidence that you can see that. No, I think it's absolutely drained, whereas Birmingham are quite buoyant at the moment and on a decent run. Saints versus uh, Aston Villa, real six-pointer down the bottom of the Premier League, this one. Was this at Saints? It's at Southampton, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for a draw, 1-1. I am going to go, because Villa have got an absolutely wretched away um, form this season. I think they've only won one game away from Villa Park. I thought they were unlucky on Saturday, me. Yeah, I did if as the, well. If, if, the boy misses, if the boy scores the second goal. Yeah, absolutely. What Grealish has made, you know, oh, put a great run. ball in. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, you're going to go for Southampton? No, I'm going Villa. I'm going 2-1 oh, right. Villa. I think they've had a wretched run. They've got terrible form away, but that has to change at some time. And Tom's going to the game at, at Southampton. He won't very happy. I mean, he was absolutely grey. He was ashen-faced when he was sitting on the couch. <laughs> after. <laughs> I did say to him, bad way to lose in it, son. His language wasn't very good, if I'm absolutely honest. <laughs> Engels wasn't his favourite player, let's put it that way. Leeds United versus Reading. How do you see that one going, TC? 2-0 Leeds. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 Leeds on that one. Forrest, one of your former clubs, versus QPR. Uh, Revenge for Forrest, 3-0. 3-0. I'm going to go 2-0 Forrest. I think Forrest will beat QPR. And again, lastly, one of your other teams, Everton, away at Arsenal. How do you see that one going? A draw, one apiece. Yeah, I've just wrote 1-1. One, one. I, like, I yeah. like how Arsenal's playing. Um, and Everton are playing a lot better than what they, what they have been doing. I like Ancelotti, but he's an Italian. And they're Italians. They like to play a negative type of game of football, so they're always going to be hard to beat under uh, under Ancelotti. And I do like um, Arteta, so I'm going to go one-one draw. Yeah, Arsenal playing expansive football, and um, and Everton playing the old Catanaccio way. <laughs> that was introduced to Italians by an Argentinian. It's amazing, isn't it really? Yeah, it is. It's 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 weird how it goes sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Helenio Herrera. He introduced the Catanaccio to uh, Grande Inter. Fantastic. I tell you what, you must do some re- 
Right, research you. I just love football, and and when I'm reading, I, I look at things and I look at players, and I, I, these names come up, and I go, okay, who did he manage? Who did he play for? And I'm going like, wow. <laughs> and you're just learning all the time. And the more that I do the shows with you, shows I do with Uddy and, and other former pros, it enlightens me. And uh, and I want to learn more about the game. And I've just recently done a, a podcast with Alan Hudson for his mate Chris Garland, who, who's suffering. I know, yeah. yeah, it's terrible. So uh, my my pick this week is to uh, to Chris Garland. And God bless you, Chris. And thanks for all the memories at, at Bristol, at Leicester and, and at Chelsea Football Club club as well it's Curtis Steiger's You're All That Matters To Me which is one of uh, Chris's favourite tracks and always reminds Audie and Audie says he always says Curtis Steiger's because he had a tremendous Bristolian accent (laughs) brilliant absolutely brilliant song that yeah, and he's a good singer, Curtis Steiger. Oh, superb! Or you'd never heard of him before that, but uh, he's well aware of him now. So, TC, can I thank you again for yeah. for your time? Love to you and and your family, and thanks guys for listening. We'll be back next week, and we're going to leave you with "You're All That Matters to Me" from Curtis Steiger's, dedicated to Chris Garland. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening, and have a great weekend, you and your family. And I hope the results go right for our teams. Well, yeah, can because we've got Birmingham playing Sheffield Wednesday, so one of us is going to get beat. Praying for okay, a draw, TC. Praying for a draw. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's got to be sorted out when it's four at the moment. Jack. Have a great weekend, mate. Cheers, pal. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.